Welcome back to the COS Business Podcast. My name is Andrew Hasley, and I'm the host of the show. Today, I'm sitting here with Kelly Bull, and your business is Kelly Bull Permaculture Design, right? Permaculture Design. <laughs> yeah. yeah so is. can you tell us a little bit about uh, what your business is? Yeah. So I'm a landscape designer, and I really specialize in landscape designs for more of the DIY and eco-conscious homeowner, um, generally residential. And um, I'm really looking to connect people with nature through their own backyards and teach them how to make their yards super productive without um, needing a lot of maintenance. One of our sponsors is Recon Marketing. Recon is the fastest growing social media marketing agency in Colorado. Recon focuses on becoming an extension of your business while providing social media management, review management, and digital marketing. Recon Marketing, putting you on the radar. Our next sponsor is Planet Duct. Planet Duct offers astronomical air duct cleaning with the most powerful vacuum trucks in Colorado. They have taken air duct cleaning to a new intergalactic level that is far more powerful and proactive than anything on the market in El Paso County and Southern Colorado. Sheath Underwear. Sheath Underwear has a pouch for the boys. It is everyday underwear for every man. 100% money back on the first pair if you don't like it. Visit sheathunderwear.com and enter the code COSBP20 to get 20% off your order. The People's Tiny House Festival is the nation's largest gathering of simple Featuring van conversions, bus conversions, and tiny houses, of course. Catch the event in Loveland, Colorado, July 16th and 17th at the Ranch Events Complex. Get your tickets at peoplestinyhousefestival.com slash tickets. Okay, and that's what the, the permaculture part stands for, the permanent, the perma part in the permaculture start stands for, right? <laughs> yeah, permaculture stands for a lot of different things. It actually, actually originated, um, these two guys in Australia coined the term, but really it comes from a lot of indigenous practices. So Native Americans and indigenous people all around the world have been doing these things forever, um, but these two guys named it permaculture, and so there's a, a movement of permaculture, but it is important to... Um, give credit where credit is due to for sure, yeah. Indigenous <laughs> populations, yeah. Okay, so so, how how long have you been doing doing this? Um, I actually started my business just last September. Okay, um, I'm new to Colorado Springs. Moved here in June and got the business set up in September and have um, been rocking and rolling. <laughs> so you haven't even been here a year yet? No, not yet. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah. What what brought you to Colorado Springs? Um, my husband actually got his dream job at the Colorado Springs School. He's a college counselor. And nice. So, mm-hmm. And then. I have been wanting to do landscape design for a while and got here and just saw all of the yards that were perfect. And there's lots of landscapes that could use some help. Um, and for sure. Especially in this really difficult to grow climate. Yeah. Um, yeah. So um, it was just perfect for me, too. So we're so happy here. We love Colorado Springs so much. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. so 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 what got you into the permaculture? Um, so I've always really loved plants, um, grew up gardening with my mom and doing flower gardens. And then I studied horticulture in college and then worked on, um, organic farms and plant nurseries. And then I did gardening, like fine gardening for very fancy gardens. And so I've just really always loved working with plants. Um, and then I actually became a teacher because I really loved plants, but I loved teaching people about plants because I just get so excited about yeah. them. And so I became a high school and a middle school science teacher and sustainability studies teacher for eight years. And then during um, while I was teaching, I took this permaculture course 
And it just was like all of these different pieces of my life fitting together and everything made so much sense. And all of the things I learned with permaculture felt like it was common sense. Um, but it hadn't occurred to me. And so it just, I feel a lot of people when they take a permaculture course say the same thing when they're like, what, why didn't I ever think of that? So it's simple things like using your downspout water from your house to water your garden instead of letting it flow into the street. And so just very simple things. And um, downspouts from the gutters, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Um, wow, so, okay. <laughs> yeah, it just really connected a lot of pieces for me. And then I found this much more sustainable, easier way of landscaping and gardening and I just want to share it with the world because for sure everybody can be feeding themselves and providing shade in their yard and making their yards beautiful and feeding the birds and beneficial insects um, in a really really easy way okay so it doesn't take a lot of maintenance it doesn't take a lot of energy um people who say they have a black thumb can garden in this way and so i just really want to teach everyone how to do this um, so okay that's part of what i'm doing with my so company. it's most mostly automated pretty much so um I specialize in a lot of perennials, the plants that come back every year. So perennials and shrubs and trees, and especially ones that provide food for you and for wildlife so that you plant it. And then you have minimal maintenance of just making sure it gets some water. It could be from your downspout Mm -hmm. um, and that it will come back every year um, really with or without you. See, here here in Colorado Springs, we, we don't get as much rain as other places, or right. at least long rain. Like, every time I've noticed rain, I'm, I'm from Kansas City, Missouri, so, mm-hmm. like, we'll have weeks where we have just nonstop rain. Like, here it's hard to get 30 minutes of rain. Yeah, <laughs> definitely. So do you have, like, sprinkler systems or, or stuff, stuff like that? So I like to start by saying, um, there's a saying that you should plant the rain before you plant your plants. And so you want to think about where your water's coming from first before you put plants in mm-hmm. um, to make sure that they're really successful. And I like to always start with rainwater and making sure you capitalize on every drop that hits your property. Okay. And so, so you collect it. Um, you can collect it in Colorado. It's illegal to collect more than 110 gallons, yeah. which is two of those big blue barrels. Mm-hmm. Um, but you can collect that. But then um, storing water in the soil is also super important. And so mm. um, if you really work on your soil quality, but you, you get a lot of compost in there, you make your soil super healthy, it holds on to a lot mm-hmm. of water like like a sponge. Yeah. And so then you can be using your soil as a water holding And vessel. then that bypasses the the mm-hmm. the law that's against you know because you, you can't really weigh that you can't really like count that like what are they yep. going to weigh your soil <laughs> yeah and it's the most natural and the cheapest way to do it because mm-hmm. you don't need anything you're just um building your soil and then helping helping to make your soil healthier mm-hmm. and then helping more plants be able to grow in it and then just feed makes you sense more. it just makes <laughs> sense right yeah <laughs> yeah do you know why it's uh there's a law against that Oof, it's um, some ancient, ancient laws and lots of, um, it is a, a complex system. It system. seems like a law that exists only to benefit companies. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yep. And I think there's a lot of tradition attached to it. And so, yeah, I hope that we can definitely make some changes to those laws. For sure. Yeah. In the future. Um, <laughs> So I'm definitely looking to work with changing policy and water policy. So if there's anybody mm-hmm. out there who is working on water policy, I would love to work with them yeah. and um, 
figure out how to make some changes because they're pretty backwards. Yeah, it, it makes absolute no sense to me. What the heck? Mm-hmm. <laughs> it seems, I don't know, it yeah. seems wrong. Like it's, it's the rain, you know? <laughs> yeah. And with yeah. our changing climate, it's getting hotter and it's getting drier. Mm-hmm. And so we need to make some changes to make it. For sure. <laughs> more comfortable to live and that we're being more resourceful with our resources. Mm-hmm. So what's uh, some some of the things that you've done so far? So I, I know you said you were new. Like, what are some of the cool, what are some of the, your favorite projects? Um, so I, my favorite thing has been the clients that I've been getting have just been these awesome people. Um, so primarily women, um, that are DIY, mm-hmm. just confident and, um, want to make changes to the yard, didn't really know what to do, took the step to get help. And then I have this design for them where, um, actually my last client just said that I gave her the design and I was like, hey, do you feel comfortable? You feel like you can do this? And she's like, yeah, I think this is like a, a paint by number where now I can just follow this plan. Mm. And so instead of it feeling really overwhelming, she can just go piece by piece and number by number and Mm -hmm. then put the plants in where I've told her to put them. And um, so that's been my favorite part so far is just um, the clients that I've been getting, how wonderful they are, and then um, seeing them feel empowered, that Mm -hmm. they just felt overwhelmed by their yards before. And now they feel like it's something that they can handle and that they're excited about it and that's really all uh, what it's all about I just want people to feel excited about their yards Mm -hmm. and to really connect and then um, when they're excited then the environment improves because they've planted these plants and they're feeding the wildlife and hosting insects in their yard and Mm -hmm. um, that's that's what I'm after what's the importance of the insects oh man um, yeah, we have become major insect phobes. <laughs> you know, yeah, we have. are afraid of insects. And so one... I'm fascinated by insects. Oh, that's great. <laughs> yeah. That's great. Since um, I was a kid, actually. Really? <laughs> yeah. You have a favorite one? I don't, actually. I just, I'm fast. They, they fascinate me when I see them. I, like, I'm the kind of guy that stops and looks at them, takes pictures, you know? Yeah. <laughs> yep. I mean, there's the scary ones and the gross ones, mm-hmm. but the majority are so beneficial. And, you know, I, the, the pollinators have been in the news a lot, um, mm-hmm. that we're losing our pollinators. And if we lose our pollinators, we lose our food. Mm-hmm. So it's like 98% of the food that we eat has to be pollinated by mm-hmm. insects um, unless you're eating grains that can get pollinated by the wind. Mm-hmm. Um, so super important for us to eat food. Um, and then I've just learned how important caterpillars are to birds and that mm-hmm. um, so we think about putting out bird seed for birds, but um, when birds, m- the majority of birds are babies, they have to eat caterpillars. And mm. so in order to complete the life cycle, um, birds need caterpillars. And we are just um, paving over our landscapes or we're doing xeriscaping with the rocks and mm-hmm. we don't have any plants in there. And so there's nothing, there's no plants to host those caterpillars to then feed the birds. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's just really, it's a detriment. Yeah. <laughs> and the reason we have a lot of people do that rocks because it's so hard to maintain uh, grass out here is, yeah. is what I've heard. I don't, mm-hmm. ha- I don't have uh, a yard. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I do, but I don't, I don't maintain it. <laughs> we got, we've got rocks. <laughs> okay. yeah. yeah. So the rocks seemed like a really good idea when we were trying to cut back on water usage. Mm-hmm. Um, but then one thing that I really like to do is think about how productive we can make our yards. And so a lot of people think that just if you're planting a lot of plants, then it's going to take a lot of maintenance. It's going to take a lot of water, but you can do it in a way where it doesn't and you're using that downspout water or um, Mm -hmm. they're being, they're native plants and they're getting watered naturally. Um, 
and they don't need a lot of water. Mm-hmm. Um, but the thing with the rocks is that it's like making it neutral. Mm-hmm. It's not really doing anything good, mm-hmm. right? And so if you had plants in there, it could be providing shade, feeding you, feeding the wildlife, mm-hmm. and um, also feeding the microbes that are in the soil. Mm-hmm. So that's a whole nother universe underneath the soil. It is, and yeah. I get very excited to talk about soil because there's so much going on in the soil and all the biology and the life that lives in the soil mm-hmm. that um, we are not treating it very kindly. And so by spraying pesticides and chemicals and fertilizers on soil. We're actually killing all of this life that lives in the soil that is doing all this free work mm-hmm. for the plants. Um, yeah, so yeah. you have all of these organisms that they're kind of like miners that mine the nutrients and they'll actually lock in the water into the soil. And so they're doing these incredible things, mm-hmm. but we're treating them really bad um, and killing them off so that we can't provide more life above the soil. Um, and with the rocks, one thing is they're not really contributing to soil. They're not they're not really degrading um, or composting very quickly. Like it's like in millennia. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but if you had something like mulch or leaves that just drop from your trees and you leave the leaves on the ground, yes. they decompose. They feed the soil. They feed the microbes that then feed the plants that then feed mm-hmm. you. And then it's just so much better. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We don't want to be raking. We want to let that stuff set. And yeah. Like, it's, it's, there's a lot of things that we've done with, like, over the last, I've heard with yard, you know, that, that is just, like, bad for the environment, you know? And, like, yeah. you're saying those those pesticides and all that stuff that not only, like, is bad for the yard, but doesn't that, like, leak into our drainage systems, mm-hmm. leak into everything, leaks, leaks into our food supply, you know? And then next yeah. thing you know, like, people are getting you know sick you know not maybe not even sick but i mean we i i can't say for sure like that that's what's happening but i've read some studies about uh things what was the the chemical i don't remember but yeah <laughs> but yeah there's some things and this is autism awareness month and there's mm-hmm. been some links to uh stuff in our food like pesticides that mm-hmm. may be linked to to autism and i'm not i'm not no scientist but i'm saying that like these things are connected like yeah. you said permaculture <laughs> yeah And it started out with good intentions. You know, people didn't invent chemicals to try to make everyone sick. Yeah, yeah. Started out by trying to kill the pests that were eating the food crops so that we could have more food to provide for our population. Um, Mm -hmm. But yeah, now we're finding out that it has really serious consequences and um, there's much better, much better methods. And it's really just all about education. And that's also what I'm really trying to do through my company is educate people on better methods because Mm -hmm. we've been doing the same thing for years of spraying chemicals on the lawn to make it greener and Mm -hmm. when the microbes would do it for free but we killed them all because we sprayed the chemicals on the lawn to try to get nutrients there so um, it's just telling people what the science behind things what's actually happening and retraining um, how to do gardening and landscaping in, mm-hmm. in a more sustainable way. And what it's amazing because what is healthier for you is also healthier for the environment. And so it just makes so much more sense to do mm-hmm. things in a more sustainable, um, ecological and healthier. And actually it becomes more economical too, um, to do things yeah. more naturally. <laughs> it yeah. builds, builds on itself for mm-hmm. sure. Are you familiar with uh, John Rocky? 
No. Okay. He's he's got a company that really focuses on really treating the soil correctly mm. to help grow the the grass uh, greener grass. And Great. he actually recently started his company. I think over he was on the show. So he, if you want to go check his episode out, yeah, I'll check <laughs> you him out. You guys might even be synchronous uh, and be able to help each other. So. Yeah, that would be great. Yeah. <laughs> great. And so so we. We were talking, he, he does some similar stuff on that, yeah. Nice. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, there's a great program, um, it's Dr. Elaine Ingham's Soil Food Web School, and a lot of people have been taking that, and it is just, that connects mm-hmm. all the pieces with soil health and um, environmental health and plant health, and so I, I wonder if he's part of that that program as well. Yeah, I wonder, yeah. Mm-hmm. And he was uh, he, he was an engineer, that's that's what he did, and he realized he could take his engineering like skills and apply it to because he, he moved out to Colorado and realized mm-hmm. that, like, it was hard to grow grass and, like, that kind of – he was fixing his own lawn, and in that, he kind of got inspired to start his business. Great. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So so where did you where did you move from? Um, most recently, Arizona. So okay. I was in Arizona for So even drier. <laughs> yeah, even drier. And then I was also in um, New Mexico for four years. So I definitely have a lot of experience with mm-hmm. the dry land, landscaping and farming and – it's a whole other ball game because um, I grew up in Georgia. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So like you. <laughs> Similar to with, Kansas City. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You throw seeds in the ground and they grow and yeah. they get watered naturally. And, <laughs> For sure. Yeah. And then I had to retrain how I garden. And um, I actually love gardening out here because I like the challenge. And mm. um, I think that it makes you more resourceful. It makes you more careful and mm-hmm. thoughtful about what you do and the designs that I make. And um, so I really kind of like that aspect. Yeah. You do, you do have to retrain how you do things. For sure. So have you been gardening your whole life? Is that something you've been passionate about? Yeah, pretty much. Okay. Yeah. Ever <laughs> nice. since I was little. Mm-hmm. Nice. Yeah. I've always been very connected to nature and, um, also felt, I've always felt very protective over nature and the environment too. Like I was mm-hmm. the kid who was like turning off the taps for my siblings when they're brushing their teeth and like I, that's yeah. how I do it too it's yeah. like there's no reason to keep the water running the whole time yeah. use it when you need it you know when I'm yeah. shaving you know it's like just brush you know turn some water on you know sh- shake out the shaver and you know shave another you know it doesn't need to be running the whole time right <laughs> right right that, that, that's just, I don't know why I built that habit it's just something that I just made sense to me it's like mm-hmm. why am I running all this water through for like when I'm not even using it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's so, cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So so what do you think have been uh, some of your biggest challenges with this business so far? Um, so I guess finding <laughs> at the beginning, I didn't know if I was ever going to find clients because I was really like, working and trying to get my name out there, mm-hmm. but being brand new to town, you know, I didn't know not that many people. But mm-hmm. um, through networking groups, that's been super helpful. And the business community here is just amazing. Small business community. Is, yeah. Everybody is so welcoming and mm-hmm. made so many friends and so many connections. Um, so that really just helped me um, get off the ground. And then um, it was in one week, I got my first four clients. and. For First four, wow! <laughs> just all happened all at once. My um, first week, I got one client. Oh, really? <laughs> That's great. Yeah. Um. Well, so not the first week that I started, but in one week, I oh, got, got all, got all four nice. of them. Where I was like, "Am I ever gonna get any?" And then it was like, "Bam! Yes, here they are." Yeah. Um, How long was that period? 
Um, so I, th- I got the first client in February and all of them. Yeah. In February. Okay, so a few so months. started really, in September mm-hmm. and then really was working on my logo and the work mm-hmm. and the website and all the stuff. Yeah. Um, that's actually very similar to me. Like I, I technically had already started, but I was working. I, I was say I was saying my, my first week of going full time mm. is, is when I got my first client in the first nine days, actually. Oh, that's great. Quite a little over a week, but, yeah. <laughs> but I had already spent months, you know, I was working on the military base and I had, I had spent months outside of working, you know, networking whenever I could, you mm-hmm. know, connecting, building up my my website and social media and stuff like that. And and so yeah, I had done that for a few months and then when I went full time, were you were you working uh doing another job when you first started? No, because I was teaching when I was in Arizona. And then when we moved here, um, my husband started his work. And then I just threw myself uh, full time into starting mm-hmm. my company. Yeah. How yeah, long so. were you doing uh, learning about the perm- permaculture? Um, so I took the course four years ago. Okay. Um, and then I actually was working permaculture into my high school curriculum when I was nice. teaching my kids. So I was pretty much teaching them permaculture through mm-hmm. my environmental science class. And then I had a sustainability studies class. And um, so that's when I really knew that I I really wanted to be teaching permaculture mm-hmm. when I loved teaching the kids permaculture. And then we would go out and landscape the campus. We were on this like 3,000 acre campus in nice. Arizona. And so we had tons of room to play and landscape. And, For sure. Um, so then, yeah, I just really loved that um, educational component mm-hmm. to the landscaping component and the design and the creative work. Mm-hmm. And so it just really made sense to um, continue that here. It's not with kids, but um, yeah. d- doing it for homeowners. Yeah. And that that makes perfect sense. When I asked that question, uh, what was your favorite project? And you said the clients. Mm. (laughs) And as a teacher, that makes sense because you have a passion for teaching and like, it's really teaching the people is what your favorite part is. It seems like. (laughs) It is. It really is. Definitely. And and so, so when you go to help someone, what is some of the things you, you, you do at first? Um, So my design process is really I have like my client interview where I figure out what they really want out of their yard. I learn a lot about their lifestyle, how they work, what they do, how they use their space, um, Mm -hmm. what they eat. So really learning a lot about them. Mm -hmm. And then I go and I visit the site and then I kind of have an interview with the land. And I look at the land and look at the soil and then see how water naturally flows through the property and see how the wind is affecting it and how Mm -hmm. the sun moves through the property. So then I have my interview with the client, the humans, the interview with the land. And then my job is to be the mediator and between Mm -hmm. and to really figure out um, how I can get what they want and how the land can support it and the best way to bring it all together. Okay. So Mm -hmm. would you say you're more of a consultant? Um. So to, uh, I do consulting where I can just come and, um, yeah, tell you about your property mm-hmm. and give you some recommendations. But then the second part of that is coming up with that design. Mm-hmm. And so, um, yeah, the designer aspect is, is big too, because mm-hmm. you know, I'm making a lot of choices yeah, and, yeah. um, and those choices are influenced by that, um, bringing together of the land and the humans mm-hmm. and what would work best for them. And then also trying to balance um, making it look beautiful, mm-hmm. making it be productive, making it be sustainable and resourceful. So there's a lot of a lot of work that goes into the design and how I decide where to put things and what to do. 
Yeah, yeah. So so do you do the hands-on work yourself or do you hire that out or have them hire it out? Um, I Ideally, I'm looking for people who want to do it themselves, DIY people, because um, I just think it's empowering to be able okay. to, to um, see this design mm-hmm. and be able to go and implement it. And I think when you have that connection with the plants, when you plant a tree yourself, you're really connected to oh, it yeah. and you remember to water it. And mm-hmm. you are when you eat an apple from it, it's that much tastier because mm-hmm. you planted that tree. So um, that's my ideal situation. But then also there's plenty of things that people can't do themselves or don't mm-hmm. want to do themselves. Like, like excavating maybe? Or... Yeah, mm-hmm. like that. And so then I can help set them up with um, landscapers and people who can do that part for them so that mm-hmm. they can do the fun stuff like planting. Yes. So yeah. do you have uh, partnerships with uh, local companies out here? Um, I'm working on it. So okay. that's actually something that would be very beneficial if there are landscapers out there who would like to work with me and are more eco-conscious mm-hmm. and um, in line with my values also. I would love to make those connections. Yeah. And what are your values? Um, just the really caring for the earth, mm-hmm. um, empowering people and educating people to take care of the earth. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, just very eco-conscious and no chemicals. And um, that's what I'm looking for. Zero chemicals. Partner. Zero chemicals. Okay. <laughs> nice. Pretty much everything that you need a chemical for can be done through compost. Yeah, and through insects and microbes. That's what compost... uh, Mm -hmm. Okay. (laughs) Yeah, so compost is really... supporting the microbes it introduces microbes into your soil and then Mm -hmm. helps support them it gives them something to eat something to live in um and then that makes your plants be able to thrive nice yeah when you were teaching did you did you teach like uh the different types of microbes and different types of insects that do this do that yeah i did actually (laughs) um we had a big soil unit where they all my students were studying the fungus and bacteria and Mm -hmm. protozoa the amoebas and the flagellates and yeah um, they all had a different um, species that they had to research and then Mm -hmm. we put them up on a big board and then we figured out how they all connect together and how each one is important to the other ones and Mm -hmm. so how they're a whole ecosystem in the soil and um, so yeah they my students got a lot of soil talk (laughs) it's not just dirt there's a lot more to it (laughs) totally yes don't treat your soil like dirt yeah exactly (laughs) that's cool yeah so so you you were doing like you were teaching a lot of the permaculture stuff already before mm-hmm. you even knew about it, right? Yep. Okay. Um, well, no, I took the course and then and then taught what I learned in the course um, okay. through the high school, through my students that way. How, how does that work? Do you have to like run that up the board or like do you create the curriculum yourself? Um, for, for the high school students. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was in a, I was teaching at a private school. And so you have creative freedom over your curriculum. Nice. Um, so I could you don't even have to like get it checked off? Or you probably um, do have to get it approved. Maybe. I don't know. At this school, no, not really. It okay. was, they, they trust you. And that is cool. What you're yeah. Teaching is, yeah. And um, there's kind of like an informal environmental science curriculum. And so I would look at that and then match up what I wanted to teach and how I wanted to teach it through permaculture. Um, nice. <laughs> yeah, that's cool. Be, being a high school teacher has got to be tough, I think. <laughs> it was hard. Yeah. yeah. Especially during the pandemic. Oh, you were, really that's when you were doing it? Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, well, I taught for years. But you were doing years. it for, before that, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. And what, what got you into to, to that? You just love teaching? 
Um, so I was doing so much gardening work and then I got really into growing vegetables and food and then got really into teaching people how to grow food because it mm -hmm. just was, it feels so empowering when you can grow your own food and yeah. go out and harvest your lunch out of your yard or out of a garden. And so um, I just saw kids get so excited about growing food that um, I got really into the teaching part of that. And so then I was really into farm to school programs and it was harder to work with schools from an outsider of a school. And so then I decided that if I wanted to do farm to school programs, I needed to be inside the school and do gardening that way. And um, so I started out in this amazing school, Sandia Prep in Albuquerque, New Mexico. And we had this great garden and this wonderful woman, Karen Lyle, who started the garden. And I was able to just revolve my whole seventh grade life science curriculum around the garden. And so we were mm -hmm. out there all the time. And um, so that's when I really fell in love with teaching. So I kind of got into it because I liked the plants, but mm -hmm. then stayed into it because I loved the teaching. For sure. And that's, mm -hmm. that's so awesome teaching, teaching them while they're young, you know, about this mm -hmm. stuff, because that's, that's important. I've never grown my own food before. And I think that would be awesome to, to grow that. I don't need, I, in my mind, for some reason, I'm like, I don't, I don't feel like I have enough land for, to grow enough food for me to eat. <laughs> How do you maintain that? Um, you know, you actually don't need very much land to grow a lot of food. You can do it really resourcefully. And if you use your vertical space and grow up, you can grow a lot of things mm. too. Um, and just starting in containers, you can start in pots and just raise beds um, in a small area and grow like a salad garden. So just lettuce is super easy. Mm -hmm. um, so... Yeah, every I think everybody, no matter what your situation is, can take a little plot and grow at least a little bit just so you you get the feel for it. Mm -hmm. But that's another thing that I want to make every piece of land as productive as possible. And so I look at things like medians in between the street and the sidewalk. And normally it's just dirt. But if you could grow so much food just in a median. And so mm -hmm. if you just drive around town today and start looking at unused pieces of soil, it's everywhere. And we could be doing wow. so yeah. much. And if you just think about like putting in a shrub there that would feed birds, then you have instantly made this little piece of dirt um, protective mm -hmm. and that if it's a native plant that is drought tolerant and likes the sandy soil that's grow that it can grow in here mm -hmm. then nobody would even have to take care of it and yeah. so there's just so much we could be doing in so many different parts um for sure yeah and hopefully we do start moving towards more of that stuff and i think we are you know yeah i think us as a uh, society as humanity is kind of learning from our mistakes you know mm -hmm. yeah <laughs> and you know just constantly growing i mean maybe not even so much mistakes you know just uh we're constantly evolving constantly growing constantly getting better and so i i would like to see that that would be cool mm -hmm. <laughs> a lot more more uh making more use of what we have you know mm -hmm. yeah <laughs> yeah and and so when it comes to so if i wanted to start a garden you said i, I should start with like just start simple so i can get used to it Yes. And actually, the first thing I recommend for everybody who wants to start a garden is to start composting first. Okay. And so I actually have started this challenge. It's the 100 composters challenge that last month I decided that I want to get 100 people to start composting. 
Um, because once you start composting, then you put that in your soil and now you have healthy soil and now you're ready to garden. And mm-hmm. so by taking that step back and making sure you prep your soil, then you're going to be successful with a garden. How long does that take? Um, so my favorite method is this, this um, it's using worms to compost. They're mm. called those worms and it's super easy and you can have compost in four months. Okay. Um, there's another method where it's hot composting where you turn the pile and if mm-hmm. you're like really on top of it and you get it to the right temperature and you turn it at the right time you can have compost in as little as 21 days that's the fastest yeah and that's Um, just how long it takes all the microbes to grow at a proper rate and mm -hmm. and everything you need (laughs) yeah and break down all that material Mm -hmm. and yeah um so yeah if anybody is interested in learning how to compost i've been doing lots of videos on my social media yes mm-hmm. i'm a video guy for business so oh, that's great I, that's Good. what i i love when, to hear that Good. because <laughs> yeah. i know it's very effective <laughs> nice so you can check that out because i'm showing different methods that i use to compost and um i've been doing lots of classes and workshops and mm-hmm. so if anybody's interested in that they can go to my website and see what classes are coming up um nice. I'm just like, really trying like, to get like online classes um no i've been doing them in person oh sweet yeah mm-hmm. were yeah. you doing them online uh oh yeah you're still you're still pretty new so <laughs> so you probably weren't <laughs> or were you doing like uh online classes Taking on, on no, do it, or giving, on giving, giving. Yeah. Oh, uh, so in, in high school, I was doing lots of um, distance learning. So I bet, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> so that actually really, yeah, helped me get practice with filming a lot of videos. Nice, um, good. And so I do have a lot of instructional videos, and I have some. I do have some on YouTube. Um, yeah, mm-hmm. so there's some YouTube videos. During the beginning of the pandemic, I was bored and locked away and just started making instructional videos for gardening for sure yeah and that actually um came in really handy because one of my first packages with the design clients is you get access to my instructional video library and so then i have about 15 videos teaching you how to garden so yeah that's cool that you have that built up already yeah that would like starting the business is starting a business is a lot of work you got to do. You got to make yeah. the social media, you got to make the website, you got to make all this, you got to start getting awareness, you got to do all this. And it is awesome that you already had that library there because spending time on that would have taken away from all the other stuff you got to do. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, so things are permaculturally working for yeah, you. Yeah, <laughs> it's all coming together. It's great. Yeah, and then it's really nice too because then I'll have clients that are like, I don't know how to dig a hole. I don't know how deep mm-hmm. to dig the hole. And I'm like, oh, that's a video. So then I'll go and film the video exactly. and then it builds the library as I get more requests from clients. For sure. So you have a learning center basically on your website? Um, the package, the, uh, I have some of the videos that are available for everybody, but mm-hmm. a lot of the videos are available for my design clients that sign on for a, a package. Nice. Mm-hmm. And I, I think it would be beneficial for you too, to write, write articles, like how to start composting. Mm-hmm. And then that article can help you rank, help your website rank when people are searching that, you know, and yeah. maybe even in the Colorado Springs or maybe, you know, just anywhere, you know, but yeah. yeah so that just helps build your brand. And definitely like, I'm all about content marketing, inbound marketing. And uh, Love it's it. something that I've been like really like honing in on and studying because that's really what I want to help my clients with the most because I, I see it as a, a powerful thing because if you're doing content right you don't need to pay for advertising because mm-hmm. you have all these inbound leads coming in mm-hmm, that's and, great yeah <laughs> I do have a newsletter so people can sign up on my website for a newsletter um, okay that you get free gardening tips through that way nice um, so that's one method that people can get yeah and free e- gardening tips. like an email drip campaign kind of mm-hmm. like you already have articles written or like or is that like a constantly up-to-date one 
Um, I have a list of things that I should write about. Okay, yes, <laughs> then, I do too. <laughs> and then uh, as the mood strikes, then I uh, come up with uh, the content and then nice. send them out. Um, so I need to get better about being more regular about sending them out. But... No, for sure. I mean, in, mm-hmm. like if someone signs up for your newsletter and you already have like 12 months of newsletters, you can just start them on the first one and yeah. kind of just drip it to them, you know? Yeah, that's a great idea. Yeah. <laughs> Definitely. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I've, I love giving strategy when it comes to all this stuff. It's great. It's something I'm passionate about. Awesome. Thank you. Much yeah, appreciated. of course. <laughs> so, yeah, so where do you want to take this business? Where do you see it in five years? Um, I would love to be doing a lot more educating and a lot more classes. So I would love to have just like a yearly curriculum of classes and workshops that people can look forward to and they know what's coming. Um, so yeah, a lot more speaking engagements would be really great. And then, um, I also have this dream of large scale composting. So, um, being a soil consultant for, um, places that so like a lot of landscaping places like rocky top that gets a Mm -hmm. lot of um wood chips and things in and teaching how to compost because that's really the the limiting factor here is that there aren't a lot of great um high quality compost resources Mm -hmm. and it's such a great way to get waste out of our waste stream and turn it into something super resourceful so i would love to help our mm-hmm. whole community by yeah decreasing our waste and turning it into valuable compost that then For makes sure. it so that everybody can have successful gardens. And you saying that just gave me a thought. Mm-hmm. Um, is it possible to like have like a compost farm and like people can just replace their yard with like healthy compost and like get it within like a day or so or a week? Yeah, I mean, that would be ideal is to have a large-scale composting farm okay. um, Yeah, that people could go and get compost Instead from. of having to, like, cure – I mean, I'm sure that's probably – it's probably better to, like, take the soil you got and make it healthy. But, Absolutely. Uh, is that possible to just replace it with healthy soil? So no need to replace it. Um, so I see a lot of people do that uh, where they just dig out all their soil and then put new soil in. But it's actually amazing how quickly you can change your soil health, mm-hmm. and it's really adding compost. And so when you add like a two inch layer of really good it has to be microbial rich compost Mm -hmm. that has like all that living biology in there and then that biology will just keep reproducing Mm -hmm. now in the soil and then it completely can change your soil and make it super healthy so no you do not need to remove your soil you can fix it every soil can be fixed and um 21 days isn't that long either so no (laughs) yeah yeah it it would go by fast Mm -hmm. (laughs) and my yard when we moved in in june you could not get a shovel in the yard it was so hard Mm. so compacted and i put compost down and um, mulched it and held all the moisture in there and now it is super easy i planted a plant last week and there's worms in there and it's holding the moisture it was so easy to get the shovel in it took two seconds to dig a hole so it can really transform super Mm -hmm. quickly what do you what do you think about ants? What? <laughs> like fire ants? Just any ants. <laughs> um, ants actually have a great um, ecological fun- function. They're burrowing through the soil. They're mm, making it so it's it more up. aerated. Mm-hmm. Yeah, loosening it up. And then when they burrow, then water can get through their burrows and soak into the mm. um, soil more. And they're feeding birds and other wildlife. So they definitely yeah, yeah, have, yeah. They have their place. <laughs> For sure. <laughs> yeah. And I, I was thinking that uh, I brought that up uh 
because I forgot why I brought it up. Oh well, never mind. <laughs> that was one of the, that was half the reasons. Okay. <laughs> I was. I've, why did I bring that up? Oh well. Are you a fan of ants? No, I love ants. Yeah, ants are cool. <laughs> cool. But sometimes you know they can get they can be a a pest. Mm-hmm. Uh, like get into your homes and stuff like that. Yeah. Because they love to to find this. They, they can get into anything. Yeah. <laughs> and oh yeah, that was the thought. It was it was that was the main reason the main answer I wanted to hear. But I also just wanted to give out this fact. I I've heard that if you take all the ants in the world and weigh them, they weigh more than all the humans in the world. That's how many there are. <laughs> that could be. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Just because they're everywhere. Like yeah. They're, they, they're actually the dominant species on the planet. <laughs> yeah. There's yeah. a lot of ants. Um, but then if you think about um, microorganisms in the soil, there's even more of those. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So if you hold in your hand a palm full of soil, you're holding more organisms than there are humans on the entire planet just in a wow. palm full of soil. Yeah, so, for sure. Of healthy soil. <laughs> yeah, yeah that, that reminds me of a different fact. <laughs> that um, that there's so many uh, stars and planets in, in, in the universe that mm-hmm. there's more than every grain of salt on the earth. Like, wow. that's how many there are. <laughs> that's a lot. And I don't know how. Some person who knows calculus probably figured that out. Because <laughs> I was like, how, did, how the hell did they know that? Yeah. <laughs> like, what? It's an amazing universe we live in. Yeah. Like, did they go and count every grain of sand? No, but they probably did estimates on, like, every beach and everything and, like, mm-hmm. how much sand actually exists. And I don't know how they did it, but <laughs> <laughs> but uh, th- some smart people said that. Nice. <laughs> yeah. I know that's off topic, but it's just, it's just I, I think, and I think you know, I connect things and I think things. And I, my brain goes everywhere. That's, that's fine. <laughs> yeah, my brain is like a microorganism, <laughs> nice. a, a whole whole handful of microorganisms. It all connects somehow. Yeah, right? exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Well, sweet. What's uh? Is there anything else you'd like to to let people know before we start uh, closing this out? Um, I think just if people want to get in touch with me, um, my website is www.kellybull.com and, um, I have social media, so you can find me on Facebook and on Instagram. And so I would just love to be able to connect with people and figure out how I can best help them in their yards so that we can help the planet. And, um, so yeah, just if anybody is wanting help with their landscape or just um i do hourly consultations too so you can just call me and if you are like i'm thinking about putting a garden here or i don't know or tell me about my soil i'd come for an hour and tell you what's going on with your yard and give you a boost confidence boost that you feel like you can do it on your own yeah Yeah. well that's cool yeah and i'd love to see some some of the projects you've done that'd be be cool great yeah yeah i'll send you some Well, sweet. Yeah. So uh, this has been the COS Business Podcast today here with Kelly Bull, and we'll see you guys on the next one. (laughs) All right. Thank you. (laughs)